Leila Saida F1, it's time to say goodnight to the season. Almost, almost. We've got one race left and one podcast left. After this one, I'm not even sure if I'd qualify this one as a full podcast. My good friend Drew Scanlon uh, is away enjoying Thanksgiving, as I'm I'm hoping that you are as well uh, with your family, loved ones, if you're in North America. If you're in Europe or anywhere else in the world, this is just a regular-ass weekend, and I hope you have a wonderful one of those as well. Um, but this is going to be a pretty short uh, little episode with just myself um, giving you an update on the final race of the season. Of course, we are heading to the United Arab Emirates, to Yas Marina, um, the circuit that was uh, we've had now for a, a good couple of years. It was uh, 2009 is when we had the first race. Um, not many of the right drivers from then are still here. To, actually, I guess there's actually quite a lot of them because Kimi was around and, and Hamilton would have still been around and Vettel was around. And most of them uh, were, were actually fans of the circuit when it was... Uh, when, when they first got a ride of it. Actually, Kimmy wasn't. He famously said that the first couple of turns were pretty good, uh, but the rest of it was rather shit, uh, which uh, is a quote that gets uh, attributed to him uh, pretty often. Uh, this is outside of Abu Dhabi, of course, in the United Arab Emirates, uh, which is on the eastern shores of South Bahrain and the, on the uh, Arabian Peninsula. Um, very wealthy state, uh, the Khalifa family, lots of sort of the Emirates lots of uh, um, input or lots of infrastructural building there in the past 20, 30 years as a result of all the oil that was found. Um, and, of course, uh, a couple of big cities there, Dubai being one of them, a couple of hundred miles to the south of it, and Abu Dhabi, of course, um, where this race circuit is. I've actually been here myself. It's also where Ferrari World is, uh, which is a great place to lose your wallet uh, on a roller coaster if you are uh, Fernando Alonso. So, the race, the race itself... Uh, the circuit, I guess, we should probably talk about. It's it's not undergone much of change at all um, in the past uh, in the past since since it was founded. It's 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 an interesting circuit um, for a number of reasons. The first of which is that it's it's sort of in the same way that they decided to mess around with the night tracks uh, for a while there. Um, the race at Yas Marina is done in uh, essentially during the evening time, uh, as is one of the qualifying sections. I believe Q two. Is, uh, is also done at the same time. I'm actually, let me, sorry, not Q2, P2, is done around that time as well, uh, where the race will start in the daytime uh, and uh, the floodlights will come on at a certain stage and will uh, will sort of sunset and say goodnight to the F1 season. It's, it's quite a, a beautiful uh, sight, uh, both in person and on the television, and it's sort of a, a fitting end to the the F1 season. An F1 season that, for all intents and purposes, is essentially finished, but we'll get to the, the driver standings, the construction stuff, and I'll let you know what we're actually going to be fighting for uh, for the rest uh, of the... the, the uh, how many laps are on this one? I'm trying to think. How many laps? There's... Uh, I thought I had it here. Sorry, I don't. Um, but anyway, the circuit itself. Yas Marina. Interesting circuit. Lots of turns on it. Plenty of them. Almost too many, you should say. 21. Two DRS straights. Uh, and the weirdest pit lane exit you're you're probably ever likely to see. Um, the the first part of the track is very interesting. The the first two turns are are taken are, are quite challenging actually. The first one not so much. There's a large amount of runoff there. There's frequently been contact there. In fact, Vettel's been in a couple of crashes there. So it'll be interesting to see if that happens again this time. Uh, they usually had about 290 by the time they they get down there. So so almost reaching into the seventh gear. Uh, the second turn, turn two, uh, sort of an uphill left-hander, bit of a blind turn, not as blind as the third turn, though, uh, which is a right-hander, which they effectively can't see at all. 
um, just because of the, the, the height of the track. This is also where the pit lane exits. It, it goes underneath, effectively, turn one, sort of straddles the road up to turn two and then comes out on the outside of turn three. Um, it's quite a wide uh, wide turn. In fact, turn three is fascinating because turn three is, is an uphill turn when you're entering it and is a downhill turn by the time you're getting out of it. So there's a lot, there's a lot going on there. Uh, turn four effectively isn't a turn. It's just the, the, the circuit sort of straightening itself out then down into... Um, very very fast downhill area, you're almost hitting 300 um, as they as they hard break into what is effectively a small little chicane sort of area. That then enters a hairpin. All of this, not much in terms of overtaking in this spot. Although sometimes you see people diving down the inside into the hairpin. If you ever played a video game, that's the easiest place to overtake the AI because they don't cover it, which is kind of broken. Maybe they do in the new game. I don't know. Uh, and then they're into the first of uh, two very long straights. Um, this one, uh, one of the longest straights in the entire calendar. Uh, big DRS zone, of course, as well, um, uh, and effectively goes they're down into the over. You know, they're they're at max revs by the time they're hitting hitting the bottom of it. And then what's interesting there is that they have a very sharp left-hander and a right-hander, which sort of kinks upwards. Bit of a bumpy part of the track here, uh, and uphill as well. And the DRS detection zone is before turn nine, but after turn nine uh, into what, they they call it turn 10, but it's it's just another part of the track that's sort of straightening itself out for that straight. Uh, so you can get a lot of people who will use DRS or to, to get up close to the driver uh, or outbreak themselves into turn eight and then effectively get into that DRS detection zone so they can battle down uh, on the next big straight uh, into turn 11, which is a massive overtaking spot. This is a really um, uh, a f- a popular place for overtaking, kind of mostly because, I mean, all straights usually are, but the problem with the first straight is that if you get if you get track position because of where the DRS detection zone is, you're almost assuredly going to be giving up DRS to the uh, driver that you've just overtaken in the next one. Whereas effectively, if you do it on turn 11, then you're into this crazy, I don't know what I even call it, the higgledy-piggledy part of the track, which has 10 turns between 11 and 21, um, which are, like, it, it goes around the marina and it goes underneath a hotel, but essentially, like, the turns are kind of redundant. Like, they're, the turns are there to facilitate, I think, a good viewing experience so that people get to see a lot of turns. Uh, and I guess to keep the drivers entertained as well and engaged, which I think a lot of them do like, that they're always doing something, they're always re- shifting and they're always looking at an apex or, or changing uh, the div or anything like that. But it's it's funny, like essentially nothing ever happens between these next two turns. Sometimes people go out, sometimes people go wide, so I guess that's a good thing having turns. Um, but uh, if you can get the overtake going into that turn 11, you're almost uh, totally fine at protecting them throughout the next uh, section of the track. Um like I said, it's a it's a pretty I don't know like they haven't changed the track much in the past couple of years. I think people are are happy enough with the the way it's uh, laid out. Uh, we've had a couple of really good battles here over the years, but not in the past three or four years. They've they've all sort of ended um, before the the or I guess the the competition has ended before we've ended up in Yas Marina. Um, but at the end of the day, I think it's a really good ending for the viewers. Uh, even if we don't have much competition, it's a great uh, race to watch. Um, uh, it's it's another race that I feel like is very good for uh, folks who aren't particularly, uh, I don't know, who are new to F1 because the um, layout of it is very distinct. You can get a real sense of the track, uh, mostly because there's a very large point of interest in the sort of multicolored uh, roof of the hotel, which changes color 
uh, throughout the evening and that's especially noticeable once you're into the sort of last 20 laps of the race um, so if you are looking to watch it going by oh no we need to do these by I forget we always have to do them by west coast times how annoying um, this is another unfortunately early morning one we're back to the essentially effectively the times that you get during the European section of the of the F1 calendar right in the middle so everything from Austria all the way to to um, uh, Monza in Italy uh, so the Abu Dhabi uh, race it's uh, sorry first practice is on the 24th of November which will be this uh, coming Friday at 1 a.m. in the morning it's starting uh, second practice will be on at 5 a.m. get used to that time third practice the following day November 25th that's Saturday 2 a.m. Uh, a little bit better if you're waking up early a little bit worse if you're staying up late uh, qualifying then is at 5 a.m. and then the race uh, is on Sunday morning uh, if you're on the west coast at the beautiful time of 5 a.m. If you're on the uh, East Coast like like I am myself, then I think that's closer to eight, which is a little bit, uh, a little bit easier. Let me do a little quick look. Can I look? I use F1Calendar.com. Just in case you don't know, we always use F1Calendar.com, which it has the rather bizarre setting of allowing you to pick effectively from every city in the world. So it's quite a large uh, drop down. Uh, yeah, New York time is uh, eight o'clock. Um, it also separates the cities by continent, so I'd look up London, but it would take me about 20 fucking minutes. I think I think the London race, if it's 8 o'clock, are we 3 hours away, 4 hours away now? Noon or 1 o'clock? I don't know. Check your local listings. A um, little bit of news, not all that much, but I might as well get into some of it. Uh, the first one concerning Williams, which is the, the sort of the, the final chapter in this year's Lemon Dance of, of, of who's going to end up where. Uh, of course, that seat, um, which has been vacated by Philippe Massa now. We, we still don't know who Lance Stroll is going to be driving with. Um, but uh, this one from F1 Fanatic saying, Williams confirmed Kvitsa, uh, Sirotkin, sorry, and Stroll for the next test. Um, Williams run will run Robert Kvitsa, Sergei Ser, Sirotkin, I'm not sure if I should know who he is, and Lance Stroll in the next week's test at Yas Marina Circuit. The team has confirmed. The team is yet to confirm who will be Stroll's teammate for the 2018 F1 season. Kvitsa will drive on Tuesday morning for the two-day test that has already happened um, and will return to the cockpit on Wednesday afternoon. That is also already... Actually, that's probably happening right now. Sorokin, a test driver for Renault, who has not driven for Williams before, will drive on Wednesday morning and part of the afternoon. Stroll will drive Tuesday afternoon. The test is aimed at evaluating 2018 candidate tyres on behalf of the Formula 1 tyre supplier Pirelli, said the team's statement. Williams is excited to have this opportunity to assess the new tyres across such an interesting range of drivers. Lance has confirmed race driver for 2018, Robert with his huge experience, and Sergey as a promising young talent in Formula 1. Srotkin's last full season of competition was in GP2, of course, now we call that Formula 2, uh, last year. He finished third behind Pierre Gasly and Antonio Giovinazzi. He has previously been a test driver for Sauber, but then haven't we all? Uh, so yeah, interesting. We'll have to see what happens there. I mean, I, I think it's a real outside bet that we'll see Robert Kubica back in, a, in an F1 car. I'd love to see it. He's a very popular driver. He's a very uh, good driver. And of course, who doesn't love an underdog story? Somebody who's um, experienced uh, not uh, not only perhaps the one of the worst F1 crashes that somebody has, uh, um, I won't say walked away from, but somebody who has survived. Uh, but also, of course, is his uh, horrific um, hand injury, which has stopped him from, which which would have stopped a lesser person from, from being a professional driver altogether. But um, has him in a position where he may actually be able to drive an F1 car again. Um, whatever way it happens, I think Kubica is an incredible human being, and um, I would love to see him there. I don't necessarily think it's going to happen, um, but we'll we'll see what happens in the next couple of months. I doubt we'll hear any news on that in the in the coming weeks. Anyway, that'll probably be a mid mid gap 
uh, decision. If uh, it'll they'll prove me wrong, then they'll announce it over the weekend that he's coming in. Whatever, we'll, we'll have to see. Um, another news: Bottas was definitely hoping for more than two wins. This one also from the uh, the wonderful F1 fanatic roundup they do um, every week. Um, it was a great little interview uh, that came from uh, the National, which is uh, I believe it's an Emirati um, publication for expats. Uh, you can go to the national.ae. Um, uh, to, to read about it and uh, essentially he's saying Valtteri Bottas interview Mercedes driver reflects on a tough season his first F1 win and the challenge uh, to rival Lewis Hamilton um, it's a good read it, it's an interesting read an interesting insight into obviously a driver who you know was not used to winning races was not used to competing for championships or even being in the in the top four for them uh, for most of his career um, and even so is uh, is obviously uh, a little bit disappointed by how his um, uh, uh, how his uh, championship has gone as well so it's interesting um I, I think it's a good read it also sort of reflects on how he felt after the last win you could hear it in his voice how how excited he was about it um but we'll have to see about that there's also some other in- news on this roundup as well if you want to catch up um uh with, with the sort of ongoing uh, williams kibitza deal um thing rotor rogers i can never pronounce that right um uh reporting that uh, although conversations are ongoing with him, it is still yet to be decided who will replace Massa. Like I said, I'm, I'm not overly um, optimistic that we'll see anything about that anytime soon or that it will be Robert Kubica. Um, obviously, it's difficult for them to talk about that stuff because he is somebody who already works for them and does um, other types of uh, of work. So it's uh, I think it's a, a complex um, sort of story to report on for people uh, looking in. Uh, also, in terms of other... Um, updates the, the Sun reporting that Hamilton is set to be offered a bumper deal with Mercedes worth 120 million do- pounds ster- sorry pounds sterling pounds fucking sterling how much is 120 pounds in dollars maybe there was actually 160 th- million dollars that would be alright pounds not the only as good as it was Brexit man uh, alright uh, let's uh, check in on uh, racing around the world is going to be really boring this week because there is no GTM it's finished there is no NASCAR we finished that up last week um, shout out to uh, is it Martin Tricks Trucks Jr True Martin True Jr I don't know who won this year who knows Camping World Truck of course same boat so um, well next week look forward to Drew having to figure out all of the ridiculously small racing series that are actually still going on um, I guess formerly E, but we're, we're there in their winter break as well. Not much going on for the next couple of months, let's just say that. So we might as well enjoy Yas Marina as much as we can. Uh, let's have a look at the driver standings. Obviously, we know Lewis Hamilton is your world champion. 345 points in number one. Sebastian Vettel behind him. 302 points. Uh, not necessarily in the clear. Valtteri Bottas, 280 behind him. If Bottas won the race and Vettel was out, he would join Lewis Hamilton um, uh, for a Mercedes 1-2 up top. Uh, Bottas essentially has at least third blocked up. Uh, Ricardo is 80 points behind him in fourth place with 200 points. Kimi Raikkonen snapping at his heel with 193. So seven points in the in the difference there. Again, you'd want to see Kimi getting a fairly high, like eff- effectively getting a podium spot. Um, and Ricardo not not getting any points whatsoever to see a change there, uh, so that's that's the other other sort of um, the last of the sort of top tier um, battles you'll you'll want to check out there. Max Verstappen 158 points, not bad for somebody who didn't finish I think eight of this year's races. Um, Sergio Perez with 94 way behind him. Esteban Ocon with 83, unlikely to see much of a change there. 11 point swing between. Uh, the first in years would be would be fairly remarkable. Uh, Carlos Sainz Jr. fifty four points in ninth. Felipe Massa 
uh, will end uh, in 10th position if he can keep Lance Stroll off his heels. He's got 42 points right now, Stroll with 40, so that's going to be pretty close uh, between the two Williams Mercedes drivers. Uh, obviously, Stroll would want to be getting higher than Massa, so worth uh, checking out that little battle there as well. And Nico Hulkenberg in 12th with 35 points, Rogro with 38, um, or sorry, 28, I apologize, um, behind him as Kevin Magnussen, his teammate, uh, quite behind him, 9 points, the lesser with 19 points. Fernando Alonso is in 15 with 15 points, very easier to remember that one, thanks Fernando. Uh, 16th is uh, Stoffel van Doren, his teammate, uh, with 13 points. Julian Palmer's got 8, Pascal Verland's got 5, Danny Kvyat, 5, Marcus Harrison, Pierre Gasly, Antonio Giovinazzi, Brendan Hartley, Jensen Button, Drew Scanlon and myself all with zero points zilch nada construction stand constructor standings this is where you want to keep your eye out for the rest uh, of the race mercedes of course runaway winners three 625 points ferrari in second place uh, struggling to get 500 they're on 495 points uh, red bull racing tag higher 358 points force india mercedes locking up fourth place really well with 177 points congratulations to them williams mercedes with 82 toro rosso with 53 this is where it gets interesting toro rosso 53 renault 49 haas 47 so between the three of those there is a lot to play for if renault have a disastrous race toro rosso will be happy but haas may jump them that would be a really big deal for Haas to get into 7th place. I think that would be something that they they probably would have been looking to get 7th or 6th um, going into this season. They've not had a great season, so there'll be a lot of pressure on them, perhaps, to try and snatch this one. I think it'll be definitely on their radar. Uh, Grosjean and Magnussen, of course, um, not having fantastic seasons, um, but Grosjean very capable of getting a bunch of points. Um, uh uh, he'll probably be the one that, to keep your eye on in terms of that one. Renault then as well. It's sort of hard to judge how they'll do this race as well. Carlos Sainz, very capable of getting a lot of points. Of course, he's he's in ninth position. He's a top tenner. Um, so you would effectively sort of think that between him and Hülkenberg, they will get enough of a gap. <coughs> Sorry, excuse me. So, like I said, Haas snapping at the heels um, of Renault and then Toro Rosso are four points uh, ahead of Renault. So the the big sort of thing here is that Toro Rosso are sitting on quite a lot of points, mostly because of the industry of one Carlos Sainz Jr. who does not race for them anymore. So they've had trouble getting points for the last part of uh, the season. So it, effectively, I think what's most important for them at this stage is not totally dropping the ball um, at the, the the end of the at the end of the season. Um, and what's sort of maybe bit even more bitter about the whole situation is that it can be Carlos Sainz that might actually be able to get the four points to knock them off sixth place. So that is essentially why you want to be looking at the Taurus or Renault uh, Haas sort of love triangle. Uh, you want to be looking at the out, very outside bet, I think, of Sebastian Vettel and Valtteri Bottas swapping. Whether or not, if Vettel gets knocked out in the first turn, then that might be on the cards. Otherwise, it's probably not going to happen. Um, the other one to look at then is Ricardo and Raikkonen. Seven point swing between the two of those. Ricardo uh, in f- in first there, um, and then the rest of them. There's a, there's a bit of uh, the Felipe Massa Lance, Lance Stroll. I think is probably the next one to look at there. I can't see Hulkenberg getting a five point swing on Stroll. Um, yeah, and uh, and that's effectively it. That's your that's your race uh, update for 
for this one. Apologies, it's it's just myself. Hopefully, it's uh you know if it's a Thanksgiving weekend, maybe you're just looking for something quick to listen to. Um, uh, I hope you have a wonderful uh, weekend with friends and family or whatever you're doing. I hope you're having a wonderful time and getting ready for the holidays. And I hope you enjoy one more race of uh, the F1 season. It's been an interesting season. We'll be of course back next week, myself, Andrew, uh, to round up the season and to to round up that final race. Thank you again for listening to us all this year. We're looking forward to one more podcast of 2017 uh, before we look ahead to 2018 and all the interesting changes that may or may not be coming uh, from Liberty. Uh, But uh, until then, and until next week, uh, happy Thanksgiving to those of you in North America or in the United States. Uh, A happy weekend. Happy Yas Marina. Have a Yas time to everyone else. Meow.